up, my dogs? I'm sitting here with uh, Big Jody from uh, Norwich, up in Norwich. How, how's, by the way, Daddy classes going? We, you, haven't, you haven't updated us for a while. I finished them, mate. I ticked it off. I finished, well, I finished two out of the three. I missed the last one. I was sorting out my sock drawer and it was a bit more entertaining than going to the class. So uh, what, um, what did you take away from the last one? I couldn't make the last one, mate. I only did the first two. I mean, the last one you did? The last one you well, did? What did I take away from it? Oh, bloody hell, mm-hmm. mate. You put me right on the spot here. Um, God, I don't really know, to be honest. Like, it was quite a while ago. But it was more for the for the social, you know. You meet other people in the same boat and stuff like that. Um, Would you say you're ever ready for pregnancy? I could do it. <laughs> you're never ready, mate. I could do a nappy the wrong way. Put it that <laughs> way. The wrong way around. <laughs> any highs and lows then this week um yeah i have got some mate i mean i think a low a massive low for us you've getting the same boat is how crap is this weather for february oh my god it's so depressed or march is so depressing isn't it yeah like, it is pretty gray, bad like really, really bad cold. i saw you were going to go out for a bike ride today weren't you and it was like sleet and you said you're going to four hours i looked at that and i thought oh man that looks horrendous like um, raining and it was snow and rain it was two to three degrees uh windy as anything and normally around march it should be something like 12 degrees right 12 yeah. maybe yeah. sunny suntan lotion out for the mozzarella get, you can even get 20 if you're lucky can't you and we're getting the absolute like crap aren't we you know i look yeah. at the people riding in the sun and i'm like so envious of other people at the moment um yeah it's, it's pretty uh, look entertaining isn't it you know the thought of riding indoors you actually think god I might actually prefer that to riding outside at the moment, which for us yeah. is quite a rarity, isn't it? That's not normal. No, it's not normal. It's not normal, mate. Not normal at all. Um, <laughs> what's the high then? The high is I actually won a little poker tournament at my house on Saturday uh, on Saturday night, mate. You versus Techno? No, there was Techno was in it, and Techno was a bluffer, mate. Like he was actually pretty good. Like some of the <laughs> yeah. hands won he really disheartened someone because he won with absolutely fuck all and he won a massive hand um i was pretty impressed he was a scary opponent mate you never knew if he had anything if he didn't have anything (laughs) i think some of the time he didn't have anything because he thought he had something but he didn't understand what the best hands were so he ended up winning (laughs) it gave him the confidence that he had a brilliant winning hand but in actual fact if he knew what he got he probably wouldn't have gone in with it um, <laughs> I know what techno is like. He, he's not. He's got no clue. He just thinks, oh, I got four black cards. That's probably something. <laughs> Techno's on the rise, mate. He's a poker stud. You, you'll see him in vet next time you go to uh, St George, mate. He's going to come along to the Vegas trip. He's going to end up paying for his trip from winning from the winnings he gets in in poker. He'll sleep over at Chris XXX and he'll reinvent himself. Yeah, and this was a big buy-in game, mate. This was a five pounds each that so we were like. We, there was a lot of tension in this. Five pounds? <laughs> Five pounds, mate. It was all on the line. <laughs> all right. Cheeky, cheeky little bastards. And <laughs> <laughs> next game is going to be a little, going to be more, because it went on for quite a while, actually. And I thought that people were going to lose quite early. So we would have like a few more buy-ins and get a bit more cash in there. But actually, we didn't actually get anyone buying in. So uh, next time the uh, the bets are going to go up. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We need to up by quite a bit more, mate. If we're going to pay for them surplus suits, they're not going to pay for themselves, are they? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a little high of the week, mate. I've got two highs and I've got one low. 
two highs and one low. That's good. Two so, steps forwards and only one step backwards. That's that's decent. Exactly. Um, so one high is I've got the camping spot. I've got the camping spot. Really? Remember that I said last week that I w- yeah. was going to go over and, and have a I little look? Surely if you're going to pay the money, you're going to get it, aren't you? You know? Well, not really. You need to be... You need to be accepted by the camping community. What? So they I had to go over, meet the owner, let her see what kind of guy I was. Was I had to show her my crib, my pimping camp, camper. Like, to make sure it's like up to standard and not going to look like yeah. an eyesore on the side. Yes. They'll, they 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 uh, they want like a certain standard from caravans and all that for like seasonal spots. What did she say about yours? Was she impressed then? She said. Um, that's pretty impressive, my boy. <laughs> no, not really. Am I right so, in thinking you got that from a sponsor? They just gave you the camper. They just gave you the caravan. Um, that is correct. That's yeah. fucking crazy. I never but, get deal. I never get people. But more, more, more on that later on, mate. I, I, Still I needs never to be announced. That. How, Sorry. Just, just before we go into that, like, did, how did you get that? Did she sneak into your DMs? Did she send you an email? Like, how did that? Even no. Come you know, like I um. My grandparents and my parents, um, they've always worked in the camping business. I've even worked as a kid in the camping business. Like literally every gearing, what you see on a caravan is what we sold. And like we had like a a distributor in the Benelux of like uh, um, um, camping stuff. So I've got it in my heart and soul, you know. So last year when I went to to St. George in that camper, I was riding along and I was smiling behind that steering wheel and I was camping and I was like barbecuing and I was thinking like, this is life, you know? You thought you've made Although, it, didn't you? you I thought, thought I thought I flipping made it. This is what I like. It's just, it's just back to the basics. And the cool thing about having a caravan is you can put it in like the middle of the forest or a lake, you know, middle in the middle of the nature. And I was thinking I'm spending so much money on airbnbs and hotels for races and training camps so what if i would buy a caravan so i had a little look online what do i pay for a caravan absolutely crazy expensive mate like flipping hell i was thinking i can buy a car for that and also you don't want to i didn't want to have a caravan um I, i wanted a caravan with with some facilities because if you're going on a training camp in spain in july then you want to have air conditioning because it's going to be 40 degrees in the caravan. And then as an athlete, like if you go camping, it's all right. You'll just sweat the, sweat the tits. But then um, um, you try to sleep in. But as, as an athlete, you need to sleep for recovery, right? Yeah. So I wanted air conditioning and all that. That's not something that, that comes with a caravan that standard. So I was thinking, I'm never, I can't afford one of these. You're talking like 30, 40, 50, 60 grand. So then I thought, I'll just write an email to some of these companies. And I came up with like a really good plan that interests them. I'm not going to share it because otherwise every professional triathlete would be riding around in a caravan. (laughs) (laughs) I'll share it with you after the podcast and for the Patreons. (laughs) Just change the names and stuff and send it out. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, I could do. Um, They came back to me. They said they flip and love the plan. And um, they want to go for it. You know what I did when I was younger? What's quite funny about like sending these emails out? You know, I remember writing there. 
messages out to sponsors and send them an email and stuff. And like, you can send quite a few, can't you? And I remember sending one to one sponsor and I forgot, I was like changing some of the names because I was like, you know, doing it. It was like pretty much like uh, using something what I'd sent before. And I, <laughs> I flipping forgot to change the name, didn't I? So I sent like so two stupid. one sponsors <laughs> and it was the wrong one. And I looked at it afterwards like, well, oh, fuck, I've completely ruined my chances now. You know, like, I don't know, can you imagine like, it's like sending it to, I don't know, bloody Castelli and saying Santini on it, you know, or something like that. <laughs> like, like, me, you know, I remember doing that. I really, I, like, I really like the brand. I've been using yeah. it for years. That's the one thing what I said, and it was like the wrong name. I was like, fuck's oh, sake. I probably had more chance if I didn't write anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one high was the camping spot. Got it flipping accepted into the community i'll be i'll be walking around there so in the morning i'll go out and train i'll come back i'll put on my jogging shorts and a you know one of them white vests we were talking about a wife beater one of them yeah i'll get like one of these marinated chicken i'll stroke it over my white vest because everyone on the camping looks always a bit dirty like just in their chill out and chilling clothes and then, hello neighbor how you doing yes I'm, I'm i'm out to the grill you know this, I, I can't wait for it really Oh my yeah. god! Like and um, yeah, that's so. What's the other high then? The so other high what... is I went to a. Have you ever been to a Soul Cycle class, mate? I've never even heard of a Soul Cycle class, like um, or a Peloton. Oh uh, no! But is it like a spinning class? Do you mean just a spinning? It's class? Like, like a very hip spinning class for mainly girls. But what do they um, do? What's the difference between that and a normal spinning class? Well, marketing. <laughs> oh, right. Marketing, and it's a bit. Um, I would say um, the spiritual side. So, mean. So, while you're doing the spinning class, um, sometimes they'll they'll try and and chat a bit like spirituality or something. Oh my god! Um, Get me. I just want to push watts, mate. I just want to push watts and smash it. Like, I don't want to. I, I can tell about- you. I, I I so I did a session with Thomas Decker. We went in there, literally two other dudes. 50 or 60 girls i'm not shitting you um in a room and it actually it was a pretty good workout because my heart rate went up to like one 145 average 171 max for 45 minutes or so something like over on the threshold something like that and we had these weights behind our backs and there were these like baby weights so i was saying to thomas decker look at these baby weights <laughs> Bullshit about someone that had weights on their back who was riding a bike before. No, but and he that- had like weights. He had weights, weights on his actual back. This was like behind the saddle, so you, like a triathlete, you can pick up the weights. All and right. then you need to do exercises with these weights. So I was saying to Thomas, "Look at these baby weights." You know, I, I uh, if I would pick up my water bottle, it would be heavier. But then we had to do these exercises with, with weights. I couldn't even do it. Really? I had to like. I had to stop because my arms were so full of lactate. <laughs> <laughs> what, you had to get off the bike all these girls were like carrying on and stuff? Yes. They were oh. like rabbits, mate. Like, flipping <laughs> hell. I was, I was impressed. I was, I was seriously impressed. And I, I must say, because sometimes you do like an exercise 10 minutes out of the saddle, you're spinning like boom, boom, boom. And I was thinking it actually does get you fit for a criterium race up, up a climb. Yeah, probably. Would. I, I, it would be pretty embarrassing though if you told them that you're a professional triathlete when you had to get off the bike, like doing it. What did you say? I oh, didn't yeah. have to get off the bike. I just had to put my arms and my weights down and cry like, cry like a little baby, and then get. Oh, back I'm out. getting in time trial position, and you're resting. You're resting the weights over like your yeah. your handlebars. 
<laughs> but it was pretty funny. I would do it again. I think it's a good session. It was quite fun to do it. You're just doing it for the girls, mate. <laughs> yeah, there's a load of like old 60 year old men doing it you might think differently about that mightn't you <laughs> i know uh i know the owner in the netherlands of the um, of that row cycle and he um i had dinner with him after the class and he said to me yeah but i never want you uh, to post that up on instagram again because um i don't want old men in lycra in my classes <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want like an, an old stigma becoming like a traditional spinning class they want to stay like a hip and young community yeah. whatever i don't know it's a thing uh, anyway well, um oh what was i gonna say oh god i've completely forgot sorry you carry on like i forgot what i was gonna yeah say i want to quickly go over to um the races of the weekend so what one do you want to start with first new zealand um, well, we can talk about the results, but everyone can look up the results. I just want to talk about the things we've seen. All right. Go Is ahead. there like an outstanding performance? I quickly want to discuss Sorry? South Africa swim shortened again. That's one on the alarm bells for mind you. Now you're a 54 minute Ironman swimmer. You might be just, you might want to prove that and uh, get that done even more. But if your swimming does slip a bit, mate, South Africa, I saw some pictures from it. Didn't even look bad weather and they still shortened the swim. You know, if you can't swim and you're a professional triathlete, get your name entered onto that start list. Like 10 minute swim <laughs> for a 112 mile bike ride in a 42k marathon. That is like. Doesn't get any better than that. It's up our street, isn't it? <laughs> that is righty down my street. <laughs> but I, I do, I do want to say I get the race organizers because the majority of the people forget, forgot that two or three years ago, three people died in a swim in uh in like upcoming rough conditions so the race organizers are just you know scarred and uh, um, when they die in the swim is that just because it's unlucky it's not because of the conditions is it you know they could have been in a calm swim in the lake they're probably still gonna die weren't they it wasn't like they got held under the water by a wave was it you know if you're not if you're not fit enough for the job in hand you know or you've got health problems that's you know that was gonna bite you at some point weren't it you know yeah, but it was like rough conditions and three people died in the swim. And as an organization, um, in like future years, I don't think we can imagine. Um, I don't, they're, they're not doing it for fun. Guess what? Short and swim again. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people like it that it's a short and swim because you think of, if, 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 if you're a real bad swimmer and you're an age grouper or something, you don't want to train for the swim and you want to qualify for the world champs, just enter it, you know? Like swim's either going to be cancelled, just going to be short. You're going to stamp your ticket, you know. Happy days. If I what about what about this? I know an age grouper that um, calls his uh, personal best, his PB, uh, an Ironman where there was no swim. Fair play, mate. Don't hate the player, hate the game. If he enters that race, <laughs> the full swim, and they cancel it, that is not his fault, you know. Like that is his PB. So you would say he actually did legally get a sub nine? Yeah, mate. 100% like don't hate the that, it's not the player's fault it's the game isn't it you know they get the it's the field of play you know they changed it not his problem he couldn't do anything about that fair play bank it you know I right. would I'm a sub um, I, I, I did, you did a seven hour mate in uh, you know a low seven hour in uh, South Africa because last year this one was only 10 minutes you know it's not our fault true, was it that it was cancelled keep that as your PB true. mate you're a sub eight Ironman athlete I am a sub eight Ironman athlete and it's a hard deserved one um <laughs> Anyway, um, we uh, do you quickly want to talk about? So we had we had uh, we have given some free 
training tips to Rasmus Svenningsen. He was racing Ironman South Africa last weekend. Do we want to recap? What crushes me about Rasmus, a.k.a. Terminator, is the fact that the week before the race, he does a recce ride. He goes seven minutes quicker than what he did in the race. He pushes four watts more than what he did in the race. And I just see that and I think, Jesus, like, if he could, if he would just do less in race week, he could put out more because you shouldn't be able to ride four watts higher in training than what you do on the race. I mean, I know from like how that would feel for me. That would feel like I was absolutely banging it the week before. You know, what about you? <laughs> yeah. like, would that, you Dude, I, I would. Um, all I want to say to the Terminator is you're flipping Terminator. You're, you're terminated. <laughs> you're talented. You've got a lot of determination. Um, I would say the majority of your... It would be more fun. What he wants to say is he'd rather spend a week in prison than a week on training camp. I just wanted to say is that I think you could potentially do way better. Yes, 100%. Like he's already doing flipping well. But then, what, like you're saying, uh, the day before the race, he ran four, 12, less than 12 hours before the race, he ran something like 40K, 14K at a faster oh, pace no. than he did in a marathon. That was 36 hours. I thought that was the day before the race. It wasn't. It was the day before that. So it wasn't as bad as what we thought, but it was still like 10K of like over race pace stuff. Still like a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, dodgy taper. I think if he actually tapered properly, he could be, he should have been on the podium in that race. I mean, didn't we see him do like a 40K run in Fort Aventura where he like did three 10K efforts at like 320 something K pace? Something like that. It's pretty. You need to be like really decent to pull that off in a training. Yeah, like I think he should be on the podium, and I think if he just freshened up a bit, did less, and doesn't try and do an Ironman the week before an Ironman, he could do quite well. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I oh, mean, well. I wouldn't even be able to mentally probably do it, like ride a, above race pace a week before the race. Twenty-one k, twenty-one k run on the Wednesday before three by five k. Sub 330k pace, mate, as well, f- five days before race day. This is, I don't know. He's wired differently, Joe. He's wired differently. That He just loves to train. He obviously absolutely loves it, doesn't he? He, like, you can't loves do that he does flip love. and love it. All right. So this weekend coming up is Challenge Miami. Um, anything keen on, on that race we want to talk about? Yeah. I'm, I was supposed to be doing Challenge Miami, but I've, um, I've pulled out of that and people have been asking me how come because uh, they've seen obviously on uh, they posted something up today. Um, this will obviously be before uh, the podcast is going to come out after today. But uh, Laura, my wife, is 38 weeks uh, pregnant and um, her parents are away um, at the moment on holiday. So if the baby was to come while I was away, there wouldn't be anyone here uh, with her, you know, and uh, some of the people that did that class that you said about, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. parents class, they've already started having their children now already so uh that kind of like brought home how close it actually is you know because some of them had a had have had theirs like two weeks ago so it could happen any time you know it's um yeah it's only less than two weeks until uh until the day so i've decided to miss that because just in case it happens while i'm gone but good luck to everyone racing and uh hopefully i'll be able to do it another time so for me my next race will be either the itu racing ib for or the pto um some people like some people are wondering about why I might do the ITU race, but like it is Tom. Like I've looked into it, a three k swim, hundred and twenty k bike, and a thirty k run. I think, which I think is a much better distance. I'd much prefer to do that than the, the PCO race, so I think I might do that instead. 
Like I don't. Really, so I maybe, to maybe I will do the PTO race and Joe the ITU, or the <laughs> other way around. You can have the PTO spot, mate. I'm, <laughs> I, I struggle to get motivated for these hundred k races. Like for me, I love an Ironman. I love training for an Ironman, and that's what really motivates me. And doing a hundred k race wasn't why I really got into triathlon. And you kind of feel like you want to do it because everyone's going to be there, but it just doesn't motivate me. I just, I, I just can't get my head around it. I'm just not motivated for it. It's not fun. I mean. I was talking to you about this as well, and you were saying a similar thing, weren't you? You loved the thought of doing an Ironman, and the thought of doing a 100K race for you doesn't really motivate you. Like when you thought that one in Ibiza, the world long distance champs, was going to be 100K, you were gutted, weren't you? You were like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, and also, it's, um, it's just uh, you, need, you need to pick your own talent show. You're way better at like a full distance uh, compared to uh, a half. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'm going to do a longer one. Like, uh, it's a shame that the PTO isn't actually doing a longer race because I think it would be really good. You know, even if mm -hmm. it's just a distance set. Yeah, the what hundred k. It's just not the. It's just not what really motivates me. So I don't think I'm going to do it. But I'll watch it. We'll be out. There. We'll have a little look into it. Are there some uh, big hitters on the list that we can uh, suspect a uh, great battle in between? Yeah, for the PTO one. Now for the Challenge Miami one this weekend. Yeah, Lionel Sanders just entered it last minute today. So Lionel Sanders, Sam Long, Did he? Uh, yeah. Daniel Beckard, Vincent Louis was supposed to do it, but I think he's pulled out. Um, but yeah, uh, Jason West, who won the North American champ, so it should be quite good. But Lionel Sanders, Sam Long battle is going to be pretty decent. They're always pretty. Uh, Pretty good battles, aren't they, to watch? Who would your mm -hmm. money be on out of them two? Lionel. Would it? Yeah. I think I think Sam's gonna get it. Because yeah. I saw him yeah, only I say that because I saw him do a session uh yesterday while I was on Zwift. Uh, and uh it was pretty impressive. Like four twenty minute efforts, three hundred and sixty something watts in TT position with a sixteen K run off the bike and he was doing four K efforts at three twenty something. I thought that was pretty uh Pretty decent, I think. Uh, that is going to be close. If it's a sprint finish, Lionel will take it. He always seems to win them somehow. Which yeah. I find. <laughs> I don't know how his sprint. his neuromuscular power towards the end of a race is very well developed. Is it the neuromuscular power, or is it the fact he's like a pit bull, mate, that just won't give up on like you know them dogs when you hold like that rope thing and you try and pull it and they're growling and they're like using their weight, they're just holding it in their teeth and like they'll literally, they'll hold themselves up with their jaw if you pull it off, if you lift them off the ground. He reminds me of a pit bull. You know, if he gets close to that finish line and he's in the hunt for a win, he just won't give up, will he? And he, nine times yeah. out of 10, he seems to finish it off and get the job done. But yeah, mm -hmm. I, like if he gets to the last three Ks and he's in with a shot of a win, he's very, very hard to beat, I think. He's an absolute pit bull, that guy. <laughs> he's an absolute pit bull um, main subject of the week this week um, we wanted to talk a little bit about doping in triathlon um, and some maybe uh, uh, doping stories about other sports Joe uh, but firstly uh, let's have a little discussion we didn't really uh, talk about anything beforehand so I'm curious what you come up with uh, let's talk about testing in triathlon first the testing in triathlon I think is absolutely shocking uh like now i think it used to be better i think it's gone right downhill um i was actually listening to sam long talking on uh, a podcast a while back and he said that in the build-up to the 70.3 worlds bearing in mind he'd been second the year before so that he would have been a contender 
I think he said in like the six to eight weeks before the race, he didn't even get tested once, which I think is crazy. If you know that someone's a potential winner for a world championships, the fact that they wouldn't get tested to me in the last two months is crazy. And I used to actually get tested quite a bit. Like I was on the uh, Ironman testing pool and the um, UK anti-doping testing pool. And they probably used to come like out of seat competition six to eight times probably a year, which I think is a reasonable amount. Plus you get tested at racing. I don't know what other sports would get. But nowadays, I think probably it, the amount of times they come to me to test me out of season the last two or three years, I would say it's probably averaged maybe one a year outside of racing and some mm-hmm. racing I haven't got tested. I never got tested at Wales when I won the race. I never got Which tested is crazy because... And Arizona, mate, two wins, never got tested. I could have been doped up to the eyeballs. And yeah, which no is crazy in. because the um, – so as a professional, you're buying an Ironman license, which is uh, – that fee went up a lot this year um, because they said they were um, – the doping testing uh, uh, costs have gone up so much, whereas they hardly ever test. Yeah, hardly ever, mate, like – and I actually think that at racing, they've actually cut back on the amount of testing at racing. I think in races last year, in total, the only ones I was tested at was Kona, tested twice, once before the race, once after the race. Um, and, God, I don't even know if I was tested at all at a race uh, other than that last year. I would have to really think. Um, South Africa, we were test- were we tested there? Yeah, South Africa. After the race in South Africa. And Kona was the only times I was tested. And I don't think they came to my house to do a test last year as well. So two times in the whole year, that was it. I it was think. absolutely crazy. And we're speaking about a caliber. Well, they're, they're not testing me. That's not really anyone in the world that would wake up for that. But um, in, in your case, you're uh, one of the very best in the world. And uh, oh. it's crazy that there is. You want to know what the even more crazy thing is? The fact they only came once. And then you like you wouldn't even or say they come once you don't even necessarily have to answer the door you know if someone could be taking drugs they don't answer the door to them they get a miss te- they get a missed test they don't actually fail a test and you think when they're only coming that amount of times it's not that hard for someone to actually be pumped juiced up and uh, actually getting away with it you know you miss two tests and then they uh, calm themselves round so, down and, uh, start how- going straight. So for for um, everyone that's curious uh, um, about this, so how does it work? Um, basically, at some point, either your national federation or Ironman have to sign you up for this um, for this doping testing program, right? What's it called? The website again? Yes, it's called Adam. So basically, Adams, I yeah. So I was on there with British uh, Sport, like UK. I don't know who, if it was British Triathlon or whatever, but UK Sport. And with Ironman. So I was getting like two lots. When I was on there with UK Sport, they would come around quite a bit. That was when they were like quite, you know, on it. It was like mm-hmm. six or eight times. But then the UK Sport one took me off. Ironman kept me on it. And since it's been on the Ironman one, which is fair enough, which like potentially I wouldn't get tested at all if Ironman weren't actually doing any drugs testing. You know, they, they could potentially say like, we're not going to do any mm-hmm. drugs testing, just whether or not the governing body. And then I wouldn't be tested by anyone or be required to do my own whereabouts. So now I'm still on the whereabouts thing. So I have to say, where I'm going to be at one point for one hour a day. You know, you can pick any hour you want, but where you're going to be. So it could be, you know, um, most people just use their home address. I just say 8 to 9 p.m. Because obviously you're pretty much there like 8 to 9 p.m. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it can be tricky, you know, because you think like it sounds quite simple, but you say eight to nine p.m. But if you go out for a meal at half seven, you, and you don't get back until nine, potentially you can miss a drug test because they don't ring you when they're there. If they come to your house and you're not there, they don't ring you and say we're at your house. Where are you? They'll just wait for an hour and then they bugger off and then you get an email conference saying you've missed the test. So mm-hmm. it's actually quite tricky like that. And then obviously you can say really early in the morning, but sometimes you might be out for a run. You go for an hour run and you forget about it and you could miss a test. So it, you do have to be have your wits about you, you know, because it could be quite easy to actually yeah. miss them when they come. And you can miss two tests and after the third one, you're getting a ban, right? If you miss the two tests, you're you're like literally... You're, you're on your last line. Like, I'm going to say, I actually once missed two tests and I was fucking worried. Like, I had an alert sent on my phone every day. Update Adams, update Adams, update Adams until it went. Because if they'd have came one more, I would have been fucked, you know. Like, I would have been banned and that would have, obviously, everyone's like, you've missed three tests. Why, you did, you miss, why did you miss two tests? Because... Because just just bad bad organizational, you know. Like I, I didn't update it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, like uh, stuff like that. You know, like going to your parents or something, you know, and you forget to uh, change it, and then they come. But wasn't one miss- of them? Wasn't one of them that we were just that we just went on a training camp in Girona? And yours was still set on Norwich, and they saw us posting up on the gram, and they were thinking like, "Joe's in Girona training," and his whereabouts. Yeah. That was one, if I remember. That was one. But um, yeah, but once I was on two, and that was very, very worrying because until the end of that one expired, uh, I had to make sure. The that thing I... is, um, so not like the majority of these pros, the majority of the pros out there are not on whereabouts. Um, that's this website or Adams or this organization, testing organization. So for example, I, I am not on one of these platforms, which means I, I can potentially use doping the only time when i could get tested is at a race yeah and that it doesn't seem like they're testing at that too many races and normally it would just be for the top three you know which like mm-hmm. um but i still think what- it's crazy oh. because um uh it doesn't even matter because you could use doping uh for for a specific uh, amount of time and then stop doing it until it's like out of your blood and then race, you know? Exactly. And you've got people, you've got people that are, I know people that came in like top five podiums, that kind of stuff in Ironmans and they're not on one of these, uh, they're not being tested regularly. Well, I know a guy who didn't even need to worry back in the day and he was training 20 to 25 hours a week cycling um, and he was getting some pretty good results and then unbeknownst to us, he decided to go off the off the uh, ropes. He was on everything. He was on steroids. He was on EPO. He was on growth hormone. He went off the rails. We didn't know. And I remember seeing him on training camps in Tenerife, and he was riding around the whole island, like literally 300 Ks one day, 7,000. Above, above race pace a week before the yeah, race. Honestly, it was great. <laughs> like literally he did 45 hours training a week for two weeks. Um, and he was fine. He recovered perfectly from it. And then he started racing and he started smashing it like really, really well. But he only got two weekends of racing in until he got caught because apparently that he got, they tipped him off, tipped someone off 
about him potentially being on drugs. They tested him and then he got banned and then he said it. And then he came up, but apparently they went to his house. You can see the report online because it gives you a little report and they, the drug testers wanted to come in. And the thing is, if they come to the door and he answered it or he makes himself known to them, he has to do the test. Otherwise it gets mm-hmm. fucked. But if he doesn't answer the door, he wouldn't. They could just say he's missed one, unless he's obviously missed like two tests and it's going to be his third one that he's going to get banned anyway. So he obviously looked out the door. They obviously said, oh, UK doping, we were here to test you because he probably wasn't on, he wouldn't have been on any whereabouts, you know, so he wouldn't have had a clue. Um, he said, you can't come in the house, I'm ill. And they said, well, we need to test you, otherwise it's going to, you're going to get banned. Basically, Well, no, they wouldn't have said that, but they said we need to, and he wouldn't do it. Uh, in the end, somehow, I think they managed to get a test off him, and then he obviously failed it, and he got banned. He never came back after that. But he said he his reason for doing it was because he wanted to see what performance, just how good he could be if he did it, you know, to see what the gains were. And the amount of training he was he was doing was unreal. And that goes back to what you say, where potentially someone could be on it like that, train ridiculously hard for five months, and even when they come off, their muscles, their heart, their lungs have all gained these huge adaptations from five months of, you know, potentially doing mm-hmm. 35 to 45 hours a week. And because they're able to recover from that training, their, their muscles are getting even stronger because they're able to do that much more, you know, 20% more, 30% more volume and recover quicker than what they were doing on 25 hours a week. You can imagine the gains that someone would get in five months from doing that, even just in training, let alone if they're, they don't even need to race, do they, on drugs? You know, they've gained five, 20 no. weeks of training. Do a race, like you say, smash it, probably get drug tested, test clean because they've obviously made sure it goes out of the system and then they get back on to doing it. And until they get on whereabouts, they can get some incredible results, you know. Uh, what do you, do you think, do you think um, um, there is a lot of drug use in, um, in triathlon? I think there probably is because you see these age groupers that get tested for it um, and age groupers are failing uh, drugs tests and uh, if age groups are doing it when they've got nothing at stake it makes you think well what are professionals doing you know they're actually going for their money some of them uh like they put a lot into it don't they you know they've not really got a backup plan for when they finish triathlon and stuff and uh they're all or nothing and you know there's getting some pretty good money in it and even when you watch that documentary that icarus one you know it's not actually that expensive to do it mm-hmm. um I wouldn't be surprised. And I think the testing isn't great. I, I think, like we've said, I think it wouldn't be too hard for people to get away with it. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's probably quite a few people doing it. Um, in regards to rumours, I haven't really heard any rumours about certain people, but I guess if they were doing it, they're not going to be telling everyone, are they? You know, it's going to be something... No, definitely gonna not. Definitely not. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and I think also you get some people who have incredible breakthroughs and uh, sometimes you do wonder, like, normally when you're training breakthrough huge improvements in training uh, or in race results don't really happen in the space of six months or a year do they you know it's normally like you, you're plugging away at it and you gradually get a little bit better every you know over the course of three or four years if you get these incredible breakthrough results i mean it does make it does sometimes make you think like oh uh that was uh that was uh not normal mm-hmm. <laughs> lance would say yeah there's, there's one there's one funny um story about drug use that I came across today. <clears throat> so Dennis Mitchell, he uh, won Olympic relay gold for the USA at the Barcelona Olympics in 1992. And six years later, um, test found he had illegally high levels of testosterone. And then he claimed 
that he had five bottles of beer and sex with his wife at least four times a day, which was that reason was accepted by the U.S. track and no field authorities, way. but not by the IAF. <laughs> So he actually nearly got away with that. Just he by actually saying that. almost got away. So he drank beer and had a lot of sex. My man, welcome. This is the USA. <laughs> I mean, the, the, drunk, the, the, the people who must have believed that must have thought, wow, he's a proper man. <laughs> he is a man. He's, we, we should have never disbelieved him. He's yeah. a true American hero. Yeah. <laughs> I was like not taking any of it. You know, they're from where they based Switzerland or something. They were like, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Does the, <laughs> So how would they say it? Go on, you could probably do that. You can speak German, can't you? Now, in in Germany, they say that can't ja nicht richtig sein. Ne, das das soll etwas anders passiert sein. Ne, but yeah, there's um, the Swiss. They're not really. They're not jokers, are they? They They're not fooled easily, mate. And they do like they like the beers, aren't you? You know, they love it, don't they? They love all yeah. that. You know, he probably told them he was drinking Bud as well, and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, proper American beer. And oh, like, yeah, you know. beer and sex and, and working out in the gym. My man. You and got he goes it. to the rodeos as well. Sorry? <laughs> and he goes to the rodeos as well. <laughs> yeah. He's a Texan. <laughs> and he always finishes off with yo, yo, yo. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I listened to a story, and that was uh, about a, te- a chess player recently who beat Magnus Carlsen, who apparently is like the top dog, 13 years he's been top dog and very rarely gets beaten. He's on a massive winning streak. And he thinks that the guy that beat him had vibrating anal beads or a butt plug in, in his bum and that he was getting peop- an a- someone using an AI algorithm, so artificial intelligence algorithm, playing the chess, and they were sending him signals by, bro- by vibrating the butt plug or the anal beads to beat him. And he made this complaint about the guy. So somehow he came out about that, whether or not he thought that there was rumors about this guy or not. So this guy who we said it about, he's only 19 years old and he was having to get his butt scanned for the other events when he was doing the chess match. How embarrassing would that be? Them scanning your bum to see if you've got a bloody butt plug in or an anal anal bead, you know, to see if he's cheating. This is absolutely crazy. <laughs> and if he got caught, he was probably like, "Oh, that's no, from a party left over." So uh, <laughs> yeah, he would have said that, and the Americans would have said, "Yeah, perfectly normal. You're fine. That's not cheating. my man, my man." <laughs> he got home late, didn't have time to shower and get ready. We'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you think is something so outside testosterone, EPO, that kind of stuff would be possible doping? in triathlon so you had something like um and you've got videos about two of the front stages where it looks like they've got something like electronical doping so bikes with um uh support electrical support where it looks like they've got like this little boost and then they get away um like a 400 watt extra or something do you think something like that has happened in triathlon oh um yeah, probably. I mean, at one point they were scanning bikes. Can you remember that? Like a few years ago, like where they were scanning bikes to see if you had a motor in it. Was that already when I was doing triathlon? It was like, it must've been around just for the pandemic, 2018, 2019, something like that. Scanning bikes. Yeah. Yeah. They had like these iPads. And I remember like, cause it was bit, cause like you say, it happened in cycling. 
So they obviously thought some triathletes were doing it. And I don't know if they were using an iPad or they were using something. They were literally putting it over your bike to see if you had something that looked like a motor in there. I don't know how effective it was. I can't imagine it was very effective because surely if the motor's turned off, it's not going to show up on the scanner, you know, before the race, is it? You know, I would have mm-hmm. thought it would have looked at heat or something and seen if the motor's been used, it's going to be hot. But they were like, they said that. I don't know if that was to deter people from potentially using it and whether or not it was ineffective. But they were literally scanning your bikes to see if you had like motors in them. Would a vibrating anal bead possibly help during a marathon? <laughs> Make you run faster to get it over and done with, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably yes. Is there anything else you want to say about doping? Not really. Uh, I did no. hear about Maradona, you know, the footballer. Apparently when he was uh, passing the drugs test, because he was uh, on a load of stuff, he used to use a fake willy to like squeeze out the urine and, stu- urine and stuff. Like someone else would wee in it, they'd put it in there, and he'd have it ready to do the test. So it looked like a willy, and it was. Uh, well, you've got you've got a, a doping museum in the Netherlands, and um, really? uh, you've got like f- fake penises. So if they've caught they've caught actually people, for example, cyclists. That he with, had that was what he was using a fake penis. Yeah, fake penis with uh, urine, and then they'll just use that one. So if the guy was not really paying attention, then boom. Yeah, what? So that is actually a common thing that people have actually done that. Yeah. Like. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's pretty insane, isn't it? But anyway, I want to go over to a uh, potential bullshit buster, Joe. Last week, um, some big dogs announced a new company, um, a, a a changing new um, technology. It is the fastest suit ever made. It's called Surpass, and it goes. Um, it's for sale at a price of eight hundred euros. What a bargain! That's cheap. Uh, Are you sure you got that? <laughs> Now I think um, is that actually something for the majority? That what's ma- that's what makes me think. Yes, people do also buy fifteen grand triathlon bikes, but like an eight hundred euro suit, like a, a or a thousand euros TT suit, then a wetsuit that's nowadays fifteen hundred quid. Then coaches char- charging something like four, five hundred dollars or pounds a month. Um, it just this sport goes somewhere that it's at some point it is already unaffordable, but un- unaffordable. It's absolutely crazy. And then, and also if you're like a fourteen hour Ironman, thirteen or nine, nine and a half, whatever, does a thousand euro suit make that that much of a difference? You as a pro or Christian Blumenfeld or whoever for that one one percent maybe. Yes, of course, the one percent. But for the majority, just get some quality training in. What I would like to say to you though is, what would you do, right? So you reckon fourteen hour Ironman don't need the suit because you're not gonna. But what about if you're a seventeen hour Ironman and you are struggling to make the bike cut off? That extra few percent, you know, you're talking few <laughs> small margins here. You know, if they've got eight hours to get that bike done, it's coming down to it. That extra minute they might save or something could be vital. They might not make it onto the marathon, you know, otherwise. Would you say for a 17-hour Ironman athlete, it could be beneficial? Could well, save- then it could it could actually be either the top, top end, as in top professional, or yeah. the top, top end, as in the cutoff times, uh, the people that won't make it. The suit is, is for the top ends. <laughs> It's the top end suit. So either you find yourself being a 17-hour-plus Ironman, If you're Struggling. 14, there's no point. You're not going to fail the cutoff and you're not going to win the race. You know, just you might as well just go with something comfy, yeah? <laughs> That looks good. 
But I would like to try this suit and uh, try it in the wind tunnel and see what it's like. If anyone can get hold of one, send it to me and I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm going there in a couple of weeks. I'll tell the data on it and we'll see if, we'll see how quick it actually tests. Is uh, When are you going into the wind tunnel? 23rd of March. Do you reckon uh, Do you reckon they've got some extra time that day for me? Uh, whew, I don't know. I can uh, I can ask. Uh, you're looking to get the gains, aren't you? You're going to be in an altitude tent. You're going to be uh, wind tunneled up. You're going to be in a surplus suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get every every little the surplus suit. Put it over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so quick. Um, yeah, but what 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 do you what do you think? Like a thousand? If you go back five years ago, I don't know. I I, I like. I started doing triathlon in 2017 and the amount of things that changed from 2017 to 2023 with regards to like expensive stuff is flipping crazy. I'm talking like 300 euros swim goggles. I'm talking wetsuits over 1500 quid. I'm talking triathlon bikes nowadays costing 15,000 pounds. I'm talking uh, nutrition that, that easily goes up to like three, four quid a sip. You know, it's just... It's insane. I just, I don't, I don't buy it. I, I just think it's crazy marketing. I think a lot of it, a lot of people could gain a lot from actually training harder, but yeah, it is getting very expensive. I would, uh, and I'd like to know how quick some of this stuff is. Cause I've tried a lot of this stuff in the, uh, wind tunnel and, uh, mm -hmm. it's not all what it always cracks up to be. That's, uh, all I'll say anyway, with some of the stuff, you know, like you say, a lot of it, I think is marketing, isn't it? People like to say it's the best, but then when you actually try stuff like and you test it it doesn't a decent a decent okay. speed suit something like 200 euros that's a, a quarter of the price and for that 600 euros extra you could do another 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 iron man could enter you into a lot of poker tournaments couldn't it and you could get a lot of extra and if you're half decent you could end up uh, paying for some iron man entries couldn't you well not if you're facing up uh, techno Techno's, but mate, he's a bluffer, mate. Like Techno's, you'll, you'll probably see him in World Poker League or something on TV soon. You know, there's a career there for him, you know. All righty. You can't tell whether or not he's bluffing or not because it covers a lot of his face up. That's why I think these <laughs> pensioners have it. Experience is everything, mate. You have a big beard like that. You can't tell the person's face properly. Are they lying? Have they got good cards? You just don't know. Like, <laughs> you never know. We've got something else, Joe. We've got something we're looking for. Oh, yeah. How did we forget? How did we forget? Go on. So we want to sponsor a professional athlete. Um, we're looking for someone who's not at the top. We don't want to sponsor Jan Fredino. He's got enough sponsors. We want to sponsor someone who's got a good personality. They're a bit of a laugh, and uh, but they're struggling with sponsors. They haven't got that much. They're struggling to make ends meet, and we want to sponsor them with financial support to help them get to some races, uh, do well. We just want to get our logo, Triathlon Mockery, on their kit, but we want to uh, offer someone. So if you know someone that's a professional athlete that could do with some uh, support and they're a good laugh, we want to get them on the show every so often, get a bit of an update, don't we, Tom, from them, you know, and hit yes. the highs and lows of this. And also, uh, um, and also uh, um, throughout their professional year this year, We'll do a couple of episodes with them about their training with um, for the Patreons. We still have got a couple of legends left after all these months that are supporting the show, making this all possible. So if you're thinking, I'm not buying that surplus suit, I'm saving 600 quid, and I do want to support the Triathlon Mockery Show, head over to our Patreon, because we do have the intentions to, to take that our further Patreon, from here. I think is like 
a roller coaster. It went up at the start on a nice steep incline and then it dropped off a cliff. It went flying back down and we went from 300 to 100, didn't we? Something like that. You know, it was literally like it went off, like the, the roller coaster went off the tracks and dropped down, you know, down the cliff, mate. Like, <laughs> they've obviously and, gone over by the podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, we're. <laughs> Um, so basically, yes, we want to support a, uh, a professional and, uh, um, um, yeah, share, uh, our training ideas, anything with you, our patrons. Um, yeah. So if you know professional, send it over anyway, um, before we go in, don't forget to, um, to like, and subscribe to the show. Is there anything oh, else you'd like to say? Yeah, what about our training plan? If people don't want to pay quite so much for a coach and they want a 16 week plan, we've got a great one, haven't we? You'll uh, post another link up on uh, that is um, that is true. It is a um, very uh, is a specific detailed plan, hundred and five pages. There's a community on on Facebook um, uh, where we like uh, chat about the training. So if you're still looking for a uh, flipping decent plan and uh, some other lads then uh, um, or gals, join join the squad. Um, the link is in the description. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And by the way, Jody, I'll see you next week. See you later. See you. Bye-bye.